atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for June 24th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com with us as well. Dr. Scott Bradley uh, is known for his incredible work on to preserve the nation. Um, And that really is kind of a highlight about what he wants and what we're doing on the radio. He has a collegiate series on it. It's a DVD slash book series. It's just incredible. Uh, check that out at his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Also, he does weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and more. And before we get into the topics um, that we have for you, Scott Bradley, we talked about this double jeopardy thing. Double jeopardy is a hallmark of tyranny. That's one column we talked about last hour. But believe it or not, the Supreme Court now says a person can be tried in state and federal court for the same conduct CNN uh, Gorsuch and others wrote the um, what minority decision on this against it and saying, well, this is horrible. This can't be it. They're changing the affairs of the nation, sir. Well, you know, the Supreme Court is uh, out to lunch on this, and that's the nicest thing I can say about it. Uh, they use a perverse view of how they come to this, that, you know, they're dual sovereignty concepts about how the states are sovereign, like we believe that anymore. Uh, we should, but we don't. And how the federal government is sovereign, and therefore as sovereign entities, they can pursue their own ends and means through their laws. And uh, the original intent of the American Founding Fathers is clearly stated in the Fifth Amendment, and it's, it's a... Uh, it's something that they had seen uh, that the king did very often. He would uh, continue to charge individuals that he wanted to get, even though they couldn't get a conviction. And he'd basically keep throwing mud against the wall until something stuck. And the founding fathers were absolutely appalled at it. And they did not want to have that in America. If there's any way, uh, if, any, if anything, the American judicial system is uh, originally, at least, not anymore, but originally was biased in favor of the accused. They did not want to have innocent individuals facing challenges uh, by an oppressive government. And, and so they put all these safeguards in place. And that double jeopardy statement in the Fifth Amendment is absolutely one of them. Now, this, so- this dual sovereignty thing is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. To now, let me, let me throw something out, though, because usually there's a, a grain of truth in a statement made. Let's just take quickly separation of church and state. The, 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 the goal was to say, hey, the government can't make a state religion. 
But there was no separation of church and state in the idea that I have to abandon my church whenever I do anything for the state, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I can have my religious views influence everything that I do, and I ought to and I should. There's really no separation uh, from an individual's point of view. But, you know, hey, we don't want a state religion created. So there's a grain of truth uh, in the statement, but the statement's all wrong. Uh, people falsely believe it's in the Constitution. It's not, et cetera, et cetera. But there, there really is no separation of church and state in the way they're manipulating it to be. Well, the same thing with this dual sovereignty clause. There is a little bit of dual sovereignty in the sense that there is a separation of powers at the state level and the federal level. And the Constitution gave very, very defined delegated authority. And I submit that the, the, the general government, if you will, does have some sovereignty within its delegated responsibilities. And if it lives within that limited scope defined, then it does have quite a bit of power, quite a bit of sovereignty, quite a bit of legitimacy uh, by the consent of the governed or by that delegated limited authority. Uh, when they step outside of that, though, now they're lying. Um, the states, on the other hand, had very broad sovereign authority, anything not delegated or limited in that list in the federal government or the general government was left to the states and the people respectively. It was very clear to the founding fathers that there was this overlay of jurisdictional delegation of authority for certain things. Uh, last hour, Lowell, for example, highlighted there's only three crimes that the federal government had any jurisdiction over whatsoever. Treason's one of them. Counterfeiting's another one of them. Uh, and what was it? Um, something on the high seas. What, what is that one? Piracy, on the piracy. But they also they okay. also set up uh, uh, the laws about um, copyrights and patents and so on. But yeah. So there, there's a but the point that I'm getting at is there is some kind of dual sovereignty that does have a grain of truth in it. The problem is they're manipulating it to say there's unlimited power and authority to do anything you want, anytime, anywhere, and that's where the lie starts. Well, here's here's the deal. St. George Tucker, we always introduce him as probably the preeminent constitutional scholar of the American founding era. He, he was an incredible uh, man. If you haven't read a view of the, his view of the Constitution of the United States, uh, published in 1803, you're, you're woefully lacking in your understanding. But here's what he said uh, in regards to the Constitution. It is a written contract. Government was reduced to its element. Its object was defined, its principles ascertained, its powers limited and fixed. Now, he went on to say, in talking about felonies and crimes not enumerated within the United States Constitution, in his view, they were left within the jurisdiction of the states. Here's what he said in his view of the Constitution of the United States. In regards to that, he says, The very guarded manner in which Congress are vested with authority to legislate upon the subject of crimes and misdemeanors. They are not entrusted with a general power over these subjects, but a few offenses are selected from the great mass of crimes which, with which society may be infested, upon which only Congress are authorized to prescribe the punishment or define the offense. All felonies and offenses committed upon land in all cases, not expressly enumerated, being reserved to the states respectively. He was very definitive, unequivocal, and, I mean, he drove the stake in the ground and said they don't have the power. And so when the feds say they're going to try some crime that by some nuance is considered to be a federal crime as well as a state crime, they simply don't have the power to legislate and, and uh, bring full punishments. And... And so this is a bunch of baloney, and the Supreme Court has, as you say, taken this grain of truth about the dual sovereignty, which really truly does exist. 
The national government is sovereign in its jurisdiction. The state governments are sovereign in their jurisdictions. And, and there is this synergistic uh, relationship that allows the nation to exist in a, uh, in a world of nations, which the national government basically is, is the one facing. And the state governments uh, have jurisdiction over everything else. If you look at uh, the fifth, no, 45th, excuse me, Federalist Paper, we find James Madison clearly stating that in a very succinct manner. The, the federal government's basically looking outside. State governments are taking care of stuff inside. And the, their, their uh, overlap is very small within the uh, continental United States, if you will, or, the, or, the, or the, where the states exist. And so the, the uh, Supreme Court is vastly wrong on this thing, as they are very often, in fact. And, uh, and, and they've just they've ex- accepted this idea that the United States government is kind of the, the big mama of everything. And they're not. They are not. They, have, they are supreme in their jurisdiction. And, you know, Article 6 talks about that. But that does not make them supreme in other, all other areas. They, they cannot direct what color shoelaces you wear or color carpet you put in or your, your chain link fence versus picket fence. I mean, think of all the other things that they have no jurisdiction in. And it's just as ludicrous to say that they have jurisdiction in things that are not enumerated as powers delegated within the Constitution. And right, and, and that's why I say there's a there's a grain of truth in that they have a lot of power when we, uh, by the consent of the governed, when we delegate certain authorities and then we define them. If they're in that realm, they do have quite a bit of authority. Unquestionably. The, the, the problem is it's misinterpreted and manipulated, just like this idea of separation of church and state. There's a grain of truth. Hey, we don't want a federal government-mandated religion. But yet they broaden it to the point where, hey, they manipulate the truth and the people aren't educated enough to call a halt to their con game is the problem. Well, that, that is exactly right. It's we the people that are at fault for this. We the people have become so complacent, complicit, and irresponsible, uncaring, and apathetic. I mean, you can put all of those adjectives on it, but we, we the people have the responsibility to bring the government to alignment with the contract that was originally signed. And again, like I said, Tucker calls it a contract. And, and, um, and the contract, the, the federal government is the creature of the contract. It didn't create it. It's, it's the created, okay? The states are the parties to the contract. They created the contract. And they agreed to delegate certain powers to the national government. They created the executive, the the uh, judicial system and the legislative, but each one of those must keep its actions within the bounds established within the Constitution, or else we don't have a contract. We don't. Well, have- and if they don't stay within the bounds, it literally uh, is criminal behavior because there's no authority, and there's authority taken without delegation. And that delegated power. And authority cannot be redelegated. Let's make that absolutely clear. Yeah, in other words, you can't take the responsibility of Congress to deal with the, the, the coinage of money, regulating the value thereof, and, and literally just send it to a private banking cartel and then say, keep your hands off of it. We've given this away. They didn't have the authority to do that. And there's lots of examples. Maybe we can talk about it for a minute when we get back. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you about um, this feast day really quick, too. I did some studying, you know, while I'm on the radio and running the board and talking to Scott and writing the notes and everything. I'll catch you up on that. Hang tight, folks. 
As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to digress just a little bit. Last hour, we talked about this uh, issue where General Patton was he assassinated by the U.S. government. We talked about that in detail. We talked about the leadership school coming up on July 27th. We talked about double jeopardy, hallmark of tyranny. We talked about the Supreme Court says person can be charged and tried in state and federal court for the same action or conduct, if you will. We talked about Ron Paul medical IDs. Uh, enemy of privacy, liberty, and health. But before all that with Lowell Nelson, listener David uh, emailed in and said, Hey, man, you know what? A Man for All Seasons is a recommended movie. Last Saturday was his feast day. And, of course, I don't really know a lot about Feast Day. But I went and did some research so I can catch everybody up on it because, you know, no one had answers for what a Feast Day really is. But what is a Catholic Feast Day? The answer is the Catholic Church assigns one date out of the year for every canonized saint. That's known as the Saints Feast Day. The saints are remembered on their special Feast Day day with prayers possibly a scripture reading etc and so it's you know it's, it's a special day special mention prayers a possible scripture reading and a saint's feast day can be either the date of their actual death or a day assigned by the church so when we talk about um a man for all seasons then we you know basically talk about the the you know the feast day um for 
this story about his actions and, and, and who he was. And so it's a great way for commemoration to realize, um, you know, what's going on, uh, the stand for marriage, the um, uh, history uh, of who he was. Anyway, great movie and, and great feast day. But I just didn't I didn't have enough education to know all about feast day. I'm not of the Catholic faith. And so I don't know everything about it. I, you know, I, I understand it's a. A, a remembrance, if you will, but I, I didn't understand exactly how it all worked. And so what you got to do is understand it's a canonized saint, and then they assign a special day of, of appreciation, of remembrance, of prayer, and, and uh, to, to um, uh, really highlight um, the great work done is probably the best way um, I can describe it. And maybe I've butchered it. I don't know, but I've done my very best. Do you know a lot about uh, that day, Scott? Well, I, I do not, um, but you bring up a man for all seasons and Sir Thomas More, and yeah. I presume you're going somewhere with uh, the uh, discussion that had that Moore had with William Roper about cutting down all the laws to get to the devil. Is that where you're going, Act 1, Scene 7? Well, isn't, that, isn't that really what we're talking about right now, kind of? Indeed. I mean, I think it relates completely. Here's the here's the deal. What what happened was, I mean, now this is Act One, Scene Seven. Just happened to have it at my fingertips. Can you imagine? Actually, I had to look it up when I heard you say "Man for All Seasons," but but it's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, Roper, uh, you know, is, is berating Moore for protecting the law, and the law is the Constitution in this land. You know, it's the it's what basically has vouchsafed. These God-given rights. I mean, the Declaration was the promise, and the Constitution was the delivery of the promise. But Moore says to—I mean, excuse me—Roper says to Moore, "So now you give the devil the benefit of law." And Moore says, "Yes. What would you do? Cut a great road through the law to get after the devil?" And Roper says, "Yes. I'd cut down every law in England to do that." And Moore says, "Oh." And when the last law was down, and the devil turned around on you, where would you hide, Roper? The law's being all flat. See, that's, that's the problem we've got. We are chopping down constitutional protections constantly in favor of new created God, they're not God-given rights, they're man-created rights, uh, like this same-sex stuff and, and these gender-bender things and, and race and, and all this kind of stuff. And we're getting rid of religion, for example, uh, because... That's just a cover for homophobia or Islamophobia or some kind of racial kind of thing or something. And, and when all of those laws are gone, none of us will have any protection. And, and the thing is that God created rights, and there are inherent to the fact that we're human, but man-created rights create responsibilities for someone else to fulfill. So we're creating burdens on other people with these other created rights. And so this idea of going through with a machete or a, a mowing machine or whatever and cutting down everything that was uh, given protection under the original intent of the founders, ultimately will leave us all exposed. We're all going to be caught in this snare. And, and it's going to get everybody ultimately and finally. And we've got to go back to the foundation and uphold that which was originally established. We've got to make those principles popular again in the minds of the people, and let's make all these other things unpopular. Yes, and we need to realize these for... Catholic feast days are just a way to commemorate. Uh, it's one day out of the year to commemorate every canonized saint. So, it's you know, they canonize saints, as far as I understand, when someone's just done a tremendous job. Uh, on, on something that, that really relates to uh, their defense of religious um, 
what word do I want to use? Standards or, or religious realities that have been in, that have been, have been in place for, for decades and centuries and millennia sometimes uh, when they when they really stand strong uh, for that which is right. And, and, and I bring that up because I believe that Sir Thomas More is right about this. Um, that you know what where where does this end if we cut it all down and when they come for the other guys we can't just put our head in the sand and say well thank the heavens it ain't me this time and the reason i bring all this up and tie this together from last hour and from the phenomenal recommendation of david uh, a man for all seasons and i have not seen the movie i, I know i should have but i haven't i'm going to i'm going to watch it um but I'm learning about these saints, feast days, etc. Now, the headline from WorldNet Daily, WND.com, is what I want to highlight with this tie together, if you will. Headline says, Deep State. Support pouring in for imprisoned Congressman Steve Stockman. Rachel Alexander writes the piece. And there's a big, big, big push right now uh, to get Steve out of prison. And uh, when you study why Steve's in prison, it is just shocking. Bottom line is he took on the deep state like never before. Now they're literally lying and cheating and obliterating. They've almost created a double, triple, quadruple jeopardy in Steve's case because they tried him, tried him, tried him, and they finally got a conviction. Um, But it's all fraudulent. It's all manipulated. It's all, okay, well, people are exposing this. Ted Nugent's on a tear right now to help bring uh, reality to this. There are... uh, Court briefs being filed, big names, uh, putting their names as, as filing friend of the court briefs in defense of Steve. We've talked about it with Patty Stockman last week on the radio. We're in the thick of this discussion like no other, and we're trying to get Steve Stockman free. But the reason that I point this all out is, you know what? If we go down this road, it's Steve today. It's Sam tomorrow. It's Scott next week. Kurt will probably be free to watch a man for the season for quite some time. Uh, the rest of us, though, they're going to pick us off one, two, five, ten, whatever at a time uh, if we don't start to stand against this abuse. Scott? Well, absolutely. What, what's happened with Stockman and, and actually happens with many people, I mean, there, there's a whole plethora of examples that could be given, but it's it's a... What we've done is we've returned to the days of, of King George and, and his predecessors that constantly were, they were determined that they were going to get a conviction. They were determined they were going to, I mean, they could do a bill of attainder or whatever that basically declared somebody an outlaw without any, I mean, it was an act of, of parliament, if you will, in those days, that said, okay, by virtue of our law, Sam's now an outlaw, and, and that meant that uh, he was imprisoned, and he was put, uh, uh, not only imprisoned, but his, his property was taken, his family couldn't inherit it, they were made, uh, you know, permanent paupers. And, and the king did this stuff with, with double jeopardy constantly. And what's happened in the modern era is we've perverted uh, the original intent of the American Founding Fathers as we're returning to those days, this monarchical uh, tyranny... And, uh, and and everything's out of bounds, but it's because of ignorance and apathy and all those other things we've talked about, wherein the people, we don't seem to care. Uh, well, I care, you care, Kurt cares. I mean, there's a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, that care. But the vast majority of Americans would rather know what, what the NBA playoff is looking like or, or some soccer game or some, you know, and I, I always go to a sports thing because they're, they're among the, the least relevant things in the universe. But the fact of the matter is, everything, I mean, you, you look at the educational system. The educational system is basically there to indoctrinate children and help them to come to understand the uh, kind of the, 
Simmer down there, Scott. Just be a good, uh, compliant socialist, my friend. That's what they're indoctrinated to be, right? Well, my master's degree is in public administration, and I tell people, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's it's going out and serving. And, and, and Jefferson and others, and Madison, they talked about the honorable, how honorable it was to serve your fellow man in that. But my master's degree, truly, truly, was an education in administering socialism. And that's what we are doing now. We are indoctrinating into the new uh, tyranny, and and it's just astounding to me that we continue to roll over. I want to talk about moral law, and you know what? We talked about one more. What was it, Sir Thomas More? Yeah. Now we're going to talk about Sir Judge Roy Moore and his lovely wife. They're doing a phenomenal job, and anyway, I'll tell you the story in seconds. Sam and Kurt, good old Scott Bradley, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Iran's naval chief has warned the U.S. that Tehran is capable of shooting down other American spy drones. The message comes Monday as tensions are still high between the United States and Iran. This as President Trump tells NBC's Meet the Press. I'm not looking for war. And if there is, it'll be obliteration like you've never seen before. But I'm not looking to do that. But you can't have a nuclear weapon. You want to talk good? Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in Saudi Arabia today to consult with Middle East allies regarding Iran. A Missouri police officer is dead after being shot in the line of duty. Officer Michael Langsdorf died Sunday in Wellston, which is northwest of downtown St. Louis. Police say Langsdorf was shot by a suspect who was trying to cash a bad check. The accused suspect is in custody, and the Earl Cobble Federal Building is once again on lockdown after a suspicious vehicle was spotted in the area. This is USA Radio News. So you sit down and do your budget, and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income, and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help. Finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings. $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or pay back loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Ford says its new Mustang is the most powerful car ever. The automaker released a statement saying the Mustang Shelby GT500 will go on sale this fall and will have a new 760-horsepower V8 engine, making it the most powerful street-legal Ford ever. Reaction from a top congressional leader on what to do with all the illegal aliens living in our country. USA Radio Network's Robin Walensky reports. 
The topic of what to do about all the illegal aliens in our country front and center on the Sunday morning talk show circuit. California Congressman Republican Devin Nunez on Fox News telling host Maria Bartiromo on Sunday morning futures. The president is growing in office, right? I mean, he knows that he can't do it by himself. And I think what he's doing is the Democrats asked him if if he would delay this. He's saying, OK, I'll give you two weeks. Now, remember, the Democrats have been in office for six months now. They have yet to move a comprehensive immigration bill. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Our prayers are that we can free Congressman Steve Stockman and many others who are in prison, wrongfully so, fraudulent government, out of control, but I'm telling you, they came for Steve, they'll come for you eventually. They'll come for me first, probably, though. So, hey, you know when I leave that this is serious. You know when Scott leaves, this is serious. Uh, then it'll be you. Eventually, it'll be Kurt, too. They'll catch him on the corner selling honey or something like that, and, hey, uh, toss him in the paddy wagon. Pray it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you, this is serious business, ladies and gentlemen. We better take it seriously. I'll tell you that right now. All right, foundation. What am I talking about? I'm talking about morallaw.org. Morallaw.org is a nonprofit organization set up by Roy Moore and his lovely wife, Kayla Moore. And the headline says this, Affordable Care Act, unconstitutional. Dateline Montgomery, Kurt's got the details. Kurt? Very good, Sam. The uh, Foundation for Moral Law in Alabama, nonprofit corporation dedicated to the strict interpretation of the Constitution as intended by its framers, filed an amicus brief with the Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals uh, just last Thursday, arguing that the Affordable Care Act, or ACA, or Obamacare, is unconstitutional. In NFIB versus Sebelius in 2012, the Supreme Court ruled five to four that the ACA was a tax because of its individual health care mandate and penalty and was therefore authorized by the taxing and spending clause of the article of Article one, Section eight of the Constitution. But. President Trump's Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 eliminated the individual mandate and penalty. In December 2018, a federal district court judge in Texas ruled that because the individual mandate and penalty had been repealed, the ACA was no longer a tax and is therefore unconstitutional. The case has been appealed to the Fifth Circuit. Foundation President Kayla Moore stated the foundation's position, quote, the Constitution delegates only certain powers to the federal government and reserves all others to the states or to the people. Nothing in the Constitution authorizes Congress to regulate or finance health care. Health care is the responsibility of individuals, families, and churches. Foundation Senior Counsel John Eidsmo added, either the ACA is a tax or it isn't. If it is, it was not properly adopted because it originated in the Senate and Article 1, Section 7 says all revenue bills must originate in the House. If it is not a tax, it has no authorization under the Taxing and Spending Clause or any other portion of the Constitution, end quote. Final sentence 
says the Fifth Circuit is expected to decide the case later this year, after which, part of the speedy trial thing I might add, after which it will likely be appealed to the Supreme Court. Now, believe it or not, right, right. when this Affordable Care Act fiasco happened and, and et cetera, and they declared it in the courts, I called this, Kurt. I brought up it was a tax debate, whether they have authority and if it falls under the tax laws or not. See, Congress said it wasn't a tax. The courts claim it is a tax. Now Donald putting his view in and, and making it even more convoluted. But I think uh, Roy Moore and Caleb Moore are spot on on this. Uh, Scott, you want to chime in? Well, everything that uh, that Kurt just read, I think, is has impeccable logic, and uh, it's it's something that that needs to be brought to a head, and it needs to be determined. It's funny how back when uh, Judge Roberts and his uh, crew, I guess I'll call them, uh, judged uh, Tom uh, the uh, uh, Obamacare to be constitutional based on the fact that uh, Article One, Section Eight, Clause One says the power to tax is granted to Congress, and therefore they can tax. Well, it's absolutely absurd. First of all, the Congress, as you point out, specifically said it was not a tax. And second of all, the fact that they can tax does not allow them to tax anything and everything. Their taxing power is limited for purposes that are granted and delegated within the United States Constitution. They can tax for the things necessary and proper, as in the, uh, you know, uh, Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, stating these are the delegated authorities uh, that Congress can act under. It does not give them the power to tax, as we said earlier in the show today, the color of your shoelaces or your carpet or your picket fence versus chain link fence. That power to tax is only a power to tax within the responsibility of the national government, as enumerated in the Constitution. And so this is an absurd perversion. Now, what I've found interesting is that all of the great socialist uh, medical organizations, whether that's the AMA or the Academy of uh, Pediatrics or whatever, the AROP and uh, all of these, all of these socialist lobbying groups that are out there that are looking for bigger government, more largesse from the national government, and so on and so forth, are all in favor of Obamacare. Uh, basically because it does grant the national government greater power, and it opens the coffers of the national government for these great socialist organizations that are looking for, you know, largesse out of the taxpayer's pocket. So this is something that really needs to be brought to a head. It needs to be resolved. It was wrong from the beginning. Judge Roberts was wrong. Uh, the power to tax does not include the power to tax all things. And, and by the way, this this expansive power that has to do with money that they say the welfare clause and, and the Butler case back in 1936 and the Supreme Court kind of opened the floodgates with this. But here's what um, uh, Congressman James Madison said back in February of 1792 when discussing this expansive power. And that there's his whole address is magnificent, as always. Madison is just sparkling and brilliant. But he said... Were the power of Congress to be established in the latitude contended for, it would subvert the very foundations and transmute the very nature of the limited government established by the people of America and what inferences might be drawn or what consequences ensue from such a step it is incumbent on us all to consider. So what he's saying is, warning, warning, you go down this path, there is no limit or bounds under which the United States government would have authority to lord over us. And he's saying, don't go there, people. 
this is way too dangerous. And and, that- and we've already gone there to the point of, of uh, absolute abuse. Now, Roy Moore and his wife, Kayla Moore, at the Moral uh, Foundation or Moral Law Foundation doing a great job. They're really working on this. Hopefully this will come to a head. Hopefully we will have the truth. Hopefully there will be accountability uh, for violating, uh, in my opinion, the uh, jurisdictional limitations uh, on this. The sad part is the Republicans had a chance at this and failed. Donald got half save face. But this is a serious problem, Kurt. Uh, look, the Republicans never got rid of Obamacare. I mean, they, they tried to get rid of it completely, but and they got limited. I don't know what it means right now. Am I responsible for Obamacare or not? Maybe I don't have to have Obamacare now, and I did before. But, I mean, it's still on the books. It's still a behemoth. It's still around the necks of the people. Uh, it hasn't been uh, shut down. And what's interesting to me is you would think that if Donald's one of key, Donald's key efforts is to get rid of Obamacare, he should be backing Judge Roy Moore right now. Not only for Senate, but for this huge battle. This is one of the most unsung battles of all time, Kurt, in modern times. Roy's well, at the yeah, tip of the spear. The, the key thing, you ha- that's exactly right. That's the key thing you have to remember when you're talking about Judge Roy Moore. He's a guy with a huge track record. Uh, he stood for the uh, Ten Commandments, uh, you know, over and over, defending him and uh, protecting him and, and is willing to basically be run out on a rail for it uh, uh, just the same as he has for traditional marriage uh, man and one woman and so uh, you know <laughs> that makes him basically an enemy of the left or you know the evil ones big time Sam and so uh, uh, and this is just another example of it he's calling out and saying, look, this is unconstitutional. I mean, imagine adult supervision in the Senate. But wouldn't you, know, you think Wouldn't you think I, this would be I, a thing that Donald would just jump on and del- delightfully help deliver? Well, it, you would think so, but it's interesting. I've been tracking Moore's uh, run up to the point that he made his announcement on, that he was going to run for the seat in the 2020 election. And, uh, and of course, it was predict- very predictable that that was going to be the case. But everybody in the establishment Republican group, including um, uh, Donald Trump, is and a- Donald Trump's son's even doubling down against Ray Moore. But you look at what uh, 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 Mitch McConnell and, and the establishment Republicans. I mean, these guys are voracious. They're venomous against uh, uh, Roy Moore, and and it is you know. Can you say? A, a conspiracy against the man? I mean, and they're saying, oh, we can't afford to lose this seat. They already don't have the seat. I mean, Doug Jones is already in it. And there's going to have to be a real war, and they got to get behind a process that will stand with principle, and they're not willing to do that. They I couldn't won't. agree more. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Bradley with us. Wow, incredible commentary, incredible breakdown, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? 
Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior. TheKosherQuestion.com Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. with your lives. So, Kurt, you would think Donald Trump would be on this. Why this hatred towards Roy Moore, and why are they standing against him? I mean, Donald's supposed to be a religious guy. He's supposed to love religion, pray in the White House. All the Christians are for him. One of the biggest issues for the Republicans, bar none, was this health care issue. And the only one to really stand up and have a real effort to kill government-controlled health care, as far as I can see, the only real one is Roy Moore. Well, he who owns the media makes the rules, and and Judge Roy Moore, just like uh, you and I and uh, President Trump, we're we're basically victims of that whole idea a little bit, Sam. This from the uh, Alabama, they call it political reporter, it says, uh, this guy says, hey, Judge Roy Moore, Roy Moore is going to win, but he says uh, he's, you know, that he thinks that the uh, Democrats were pretty excited about finding out that Judge Roy Moore was going to run because they said Doug Doug Jones beat him once, he can do it again. But this author says that's foolish. He says I'll explain why. He says. Uh, up against him, uh, he says he's not sure if he'll really win the whole uh, Republican uh, nomination himself, he says, because he's got this big L, you know, the last loss to tote around. He says uh, Donald Trump Jr. picked up on that point. But here's what he says that I think is pretty good. He says... The one thing Moore has going for him is that the entire Republican establishment, from Mitch McConnell, like Scott, Dr. Scott Bradley mentioned, to Richard Shelby, is very publicly against him, and they're threatening to do everything they can to beat him. Uh, 
It says, for better or worse, Alabama voters hate being told who to vote for, even if they're constantly being fooled into voting for criminals, con men, and carnival. Well, yeah, but that's how many times they get offered con men. But anyway, in this case, I think the good people of Alabama will see through it and support Roy Moore all the way to the Senate. What do you say, Scott? It's interesting, back when this whole thing, when Luther was uh, uh, was slotted into the place by uh, uh, Edict and all that kind of stuff, and they were trying to decide, you know, the special election thing and everything, I was down in the area there, and I listened to some of the debates. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, what Kurt says is correct. I mean, the people in Alabama are kind of independent-minded people, and... Uh, and they're going to make their own mind up on this thing. And in the past, they have backed Roy Moore. Uh, I mean, you know, you look at what he did. He was he booted out of the Supreme Court and put back in again, you know, because the people said, the heck you say? We want him in there, you know? And, um, and, and it's one of those things where the establishment doesn't have all the strings to pull, but they're sure going to pull out all stoppers on this thing. And uh, so it's going to be a fight, but... And I don't know if it's absolutely a foregone conclusion because, uh, I mean, you look at, go clear back to the 1952 Republican National Convention when Robert Taft was the foregone conclusion that who was going to be the presidential candidate. And the goons of uh, Eisenhower came in and they took over the microphones and uh, basically railroaded an Eisenhower nomination through. And the people didn't want Eisenhower, but uh, the establishment did. And, the, and there's good reason for that, obviously, with him being a council on foreign relations director and globalist to the core and all that kind of stuff. But but the fact of the matter is, the establishment came in and, and ramrodded it through. And I, I'm supposing we're going to see a lot of that happen with the Roy Moore candidacy. There's going to be a concerted effort to deep six anything that can happen. And I'll be, I think it'll be lies, lies, and more darn lies. That'll, that'll be fostered. And the people are going to have to look real carefully to see through all of the obfuscation that's being thrown out there by the establishment. All right. Kurt sent me an update from Donald. So while Donald works against Roy Moore, Roy Moore's working to make the Affordable Care Act as it really is unconstitutional. But I guess that Donald's got some different quiet plans, Kurt. Well, there's a thing called the HRA or... Uh, Health re. Let's see. Well, I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, but the bottom line is, uh, they say that he's going quietly uh, forward, according to the World Net Daily Boys, quietly revolutionizing health insurance. Now, I'm not saying that I totally understand this, but they call it the health reimbursement accounts, uh, and they say they might not seem like a big deal, but. It has the potential to dramatically reshape the individual market. That's what a former Bush administration economic advisor contends. Now, let me just stop you there and say, so the Bush guys are now endorsing this plan of Donald's. And, you know, what you really got is these government health care controlled accounts. And, you know, Roy Moore would completely obliterate ACA forever. Donald wants to back into, you know, we don't really want socialized medicine the Democrat way. We want it the Republican way, which is like fascism. Hey, we'll let you have your private account. We'll let you do what you want with your health care money, as long as you follow federal guidelines, government rules, and dictates and mandates. Now, this is just nothing but a Republican agenda uh, to do uh, what the Democrats did. They just don't like their flavor. 
Um, Roy Moore is the only one that would literally obliterate this thing, calling it unconstitutional. Donald's working on a quiet plan to literally just have the Republican plan control of health care uh, in place. That's the way I'm seeing it, Scott. You know, you know, it's uh, that's an accurate portrayal, I believe. Uh, and let's go back to Federalist 45. You know me, I always got to go back to what the founders originally said. I love Madison it. said the powers delegated by the proposed Constitution of the federal government are few and defined. Those which are to remain in the state governments are numerous and indefinite. The former, meaning the ones of the national government, will be exercised principally on external objects as war, peace, negotiation, and foreign commerce, with which last the power to taxation will be for the most part connected. So, you know, the, that commerce stuff is where they'll get their taxes going on. The powers reserved to the several states will extend to all the objects which, in the ordinary course of affairs, concern the lives, liberties, and properties of the people and the internal order, improvement, and prosperity of the state. Okay, so the federal government has zero authority to mess with our health care. Now, I'll also inject my own opinion that some of the people that, that use the Tenth Amendment as an excuse to give the states all power to do anything they darn well please must recognize that the state government has the same responsibility to keep its actions as is defined and canonized, if you will, in the in the Declaration of Independence, that the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights. And therefore, the state and its sovereign area must still keep its actions within the bounds that protects those God-given rights. And so to dictate a fascist solution at the state level is still wrong. Okay, so so some of our Tenth Amendment friends get a little bit voracious about the idea the states can become a tyranny. They don't say this out, out loud, but, but in essence, they say states can be a tyranny of their own if they want to, because the Tenth Amendment says that all the other powers are reserved to the states of the people. And I say that's a lie, too. It is an absolute lie, but the fact of the matter is what's happening in the Republican camp right now at the national level is simply socialized medicine of a different flavor. It's still poison. It still exceeds the bounds of the the, uh, the limits that were established by the United States Constitution. It is wrong at every turn. And this idea that the Republicans want their fingerprints on this thing to say, oh, look, we are the, we're the kinder and gentler, you know, we're giving everybody health care, too. It's but so the awful. government has no business setting up these, quote, private accounts, but yet you're forced to put your money in this account. account. You're forced to use it in the way the government guidelines mandate you to use it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is disaster. And you know what? I, I always like to highlight the good that Donald does. Okay, and, and I want to be kind to President Trump because I believe he's done a lot of good, more so than any president in my lifetime. I've got to admit this. However, when you literally go against, I mean, he says he's going to drain the swamp and everybody he puts in there is nothing but a bunch of swamp monsters. In fact, the Donald's greatest regret right now is that he put Jeff, whatever that guy's name is, Sessions, Sessions uh, as his attorney general. He says that's the biggest Alabama, mistake he's ever made. By the way, made. Alabama senator, that Roy Moore is now running for that seat. That's right. <laughs> all right. So what's interesting about all that, though, is, you know, I think his worst mistake is putting swamp monsters in everywhere. And the only time, the only complete good guy that I know possibly could join Donald's team. I mean, they email me every day. Help me elect this congressman, this senator who will stand with Trump on this and who will do that. And the only real good guy that I have confidence in, Donald goes just whole sale against uh this guy i just i just it makes me decide that i just don't know if i could even support donald in any way now when you go against this you're not only going against roy moore uh, who in my mind is the best guy to run for senate uh, again in modern times 
Uh, you're going against it for that, but you're also going against then this court case about trying to obliterate health care is unconstitutional because you're basically destroying Roy Moore's credibility uh, and, and destroying his chances to really have an effect. I mean, if he became a senator and he really was pushing this, we might get it to the Supreme Court. But if you dismiss the judge and shut him down, then you dismiss his court case and just say he's a net case or, you know, for this reason, he doesn't have standing or we can go on and on and on with the reasons. But all I'm telling you is, this is almost the biggest blow defending the deep state, keeping the swamp alive, Kurt, to the point where I don't know that I can even. This almost undermines everything good that Donald's done to the point of almost no return, Kurt. Well, a little more detail here on the uh, this whole health reimbursement account thing. Apparently, uh, back in uh and I'm going to come off pretty much uh, supporting the president here, but uh, back in 1942, the Roosevelt administration, I don't remember this, it was before I was born, but anyway, Roosevelt administration imposed wage and price controls. This is according to something called the Editorial Board of Insights and Issues. Uh, they say it's going to start to unravel a 77-year-old policy mistake that's largely responsible for many of the problems the healthcare system suffers today. Uh, so they say that this uh, thing passed by the Roosevelt administration exempted employer-provided benefits like health insurance, and the IRS later decreed that these benefits wouldn't be taxed as income. Uh, consequently, the uh, uh, insights and issues said the health insurance playing field tilted toward employer-provided insurance, with 88% of workers now getting their private insurance at work. The massive tax subsidy they continue now valued at more than 300 billion also encouraged overly generous health plans because any health care paid by insurers was tax exempt while out-of-pocket spending had to come from after-tax dollars uh, so not only did this roosevelt era mistake create an employer-dominated health insurance market it made in consumers largely indifferent to the cost of care since the vast bulk of it was picked up by a third party uh, final couple of sentences on this or final sentence healthcare experts across the political spectrum widely recognize that mistake but Democrats response has been to get the government even more involved in healthcare so I'm just saying that yeah, as I far as I can see this is an improvement it's not the best thing the best thing is get government completely out of it like it should be uh, yeah this anyway, takes a whole lot longer discussion than we've got I don't think that it improves it at all. I just think it takes it down a Republican-controlled hole. Uh, adding a bank account for Sam and controlling my bank account relating to health care is just a fascism approach as opposed to a socialism approach. Uh, neither are going to back away health care. The problem is we're out of time. We can't work on this teeny, 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 teeny piecemeal uh, because the next guy is just going to obliterate any tiny gains President Trump makes, uh, even if those were the right gains. Uh, Roy Moore's got the only opportunity we have to kill Obamacare completely, and the Donald flat out is against Roy Moore and wants this piecemeal plan. So anyway, we're out of time. Uh, I'd love to give you a chance to respond, Scott. We're just out of time. We appreciate all you guys. Thanks so much. God save the republic.